All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I am your host, Todd Schneck, joined by my friend and colleague, Joe Lavelle. Joe, I, uh, one of the things that excites me more than anything else in the entire healthcare space is where these wearables and all these sensors and where that's going and the impact that's going to have on our healthcare like the next three to five years. It's very, very exciting. It's going to be a really exciting conversation about it today, too, Todd. All right. Well, let's get to it. We're joined by Eugene Borohovich, who is the Vice President of Healthcare European Markets for SoftServe. Eugene, welcome to the show. Good morning, Todd. Yeah. Good to have you. Good to reconnect. It's been too long since we last chatted. Before we get into our conversation, take a few quick seconds. Remind the audience a bit about you and your background. Sure. I pretty much grew up in technology and the majority of my career I spent at a company called Medco Health Solutions, which in U.S. it's a pharmacy benefit manager. My last role with them was a CIO for the international as we've expanded in the international markets. During that tenure, I also had my own healthcare startup with a partner that we uh, sold in 2010. And so since then, I've been actually mentoring quite a bit of healthcare startups and healthcare transformers that are really trying to make a dent in this archaic healthcare system. After Medco, I started my own consulting company in that space, which got rolled into a company called SoftSurf, where we do product and application development for our clients. About 30% of our business is healthcare, so we certainly do know healthcare. Yeah, we'll go a little deeper on how you serve that healthcare market with SoftSurf. SoftServe, we have about 3,000 engineers across Eastern Europe. Our, some of our clients range from all scripts, but in, in non-healthcare vertical as well as Cisco. We have a number of centers of excellence in, in the company, including design, so UX and UI, because interfacing with technology is a very difficult thing, believe it or not. Data scientists, big data analysis, and obviously custom development that we've done for over 21 years. Well, the wearables market is well underway. We're reading stories about different products making it to the market. I think we're probably still in the early stages. But tell us about the impact on the industry of wearables and especially maybe PHRs like HealthKit. Yeah, so... You know, there, there's actually a lot of critics on the wearables. You know, just because you're wearing a wearable, does it make you get off the couch? You know, I, I'm a big believer that yes. Certainly, there's, I believe at the last CES, somebody actually tried on 56 wearable devices. So as you can see, the, the market is flooded. And I think I might have even mentioned it last time, but, you know, our bodies are generating data 24 by 7. So this is sort of a first iteration of being able to capture all this data. So from, from a wearables market perspective, I think we're going to see some significant consolidation in that space. And of course, with the Apple entering the market, well, officially with a health kit entered, but with the actual watch coming out in Q1, I think it will change the game. You know, I've had many discussions with, you know, again, critics, you know, what's different about the Apple watch versus, you know, I'm wearing a basis, I'm wearing a misfit, I'm just looking at my wrist, I have a jawbone in the, and, and a Fitbit in my drawers. 
So what is different? And, and I think the, the biggest difference that we'll see is that Apple actually knows how to make an impact from you know, everything from visual to setup and, and really make it a mass market and in, in beyond the toy. I think the other impact is, you know, as I mentioned before, the 56 wearable devices you know, and, and consolidation. What I think it'll push the market towards is really providing actionable and analytical data to consumers like ourselves, but also on the other side, the clinician, clinicians and practitioners. Not sure if you've been following the health kit, but there's more than half of the top hospitals in, in the U.S. have some kind of pilots around health kit. So I think the, the impact is going to be tremendous, not just in the data aggregation of this all, but more so pushing the market towards analytics. Eugene, uh, you, you made a comment a minute ago that you know the, if you're using a wearable just as a motivational device to say, wow, I haven't taken that many steps today. I need to get off my fanny and get moving. That's That certainly has an impact, and sure. The, the thing that concerns me, and I'm curious as to your opinion on where this is going to go and how this problem will be solved, is, yeah, we're, our bodies are generating data and we're getting, we're getting good at collecting it, but I could get a, a reams of paper from wearables that are, that are collecting data on my body and I see it, but I don't know what to do with it. Well, I mean, well, I don't want to see these technical readings and these flow charts of all this data that I can't do anything with. What I wanted to say is, hey, buddy, stop eating those donuts to give me real, real information that that the typical person can actually do something meaningful with. How, how are we going to get to that stage? I mean, collecting data is one thing, P- providing it back to me in usable information that can where I can really make good decisions or better decisions is where this thing's really going to make an impact. How are we going to get there? So I, I really... First of all, I second your your opinion, and I think you know you know the the folks that started buying the Fitbits you know four five six years ago, whenever they were launched, you know that I'd still consider where we at, where we're at is really that still first cycle, but we're getting there now. You know, I think majority of the apps that I've been using, whether again it's for the Basis Watch or or for the Misfit, a they're now presenting the data in more visually appealing way. And I'll use sleep uh, as an example of that. From a sleep perspective, you can see now in majority of these, you know, when, are you, when is your REM sleep, how many times you turned. Now, the big thing that you're alluding to is, well, what do I do with that? It, it looks great. It's not reams of, you know, technical data, for lack of a better term. How, how do I make sense out of it? Should I go for an extra run at night and that will make me sleep better? And I think this is where that next generation is heading. And that next generation, my prediction is we'll see quite a bit of that happening this year. Are, are you doing a lot of projects for the Apple Watch right now? What? Uh, so not, not, not Apple Watch, but um, at, at SoftSurf, we will be actually launching an accelerator. And, and what I mean by an accelerator, we do not own our own intellectual property. We custom develop for our clients, but we will be launching a human 360 accelerator. And that simply means that we're actually going to be integrating with some of these devices and giving our customers a head start. So if you think of an EMR company that collecting medical records today, there's tremendous demand in the marketplace to actually integrate some of this um, wearables data into an EMR. 
And while most of the EMR companies are looking at that space, some of them are already testing it, from a software perspective, we're given sort of an accelerator to, to get that process moving and to start integrating that data. I think that in, in a little bit of a longer term, and then you mentioned sort of three to five years, three to five years is, uh, is sort of a century in the technical terms. <laughs> I just attended a very interesting lecture in Singularity University here, right here in Amsterdam, and it was all based on exponential technologies and ethics around it. So leaving the ethics aside, you know, technology is truly exponential. I mean, we're seeing unprecedented changes literally, I would say, daily. I mean, I follow, you know, everything from cancer research to, you know, big data analytics. It truly is exponential while the humans are not. And so, you know, I, I think alluding to, Tom, your earlier comment, you know, how do we make this actionable for us? I think it's right around the corner. Well, that's very exciting. A real quick question before we go to break. You mentioned some pilot programs a few minutes ago. What are? Tell me more about those. What are they actually piloting? You know, that's, it's a very good question. And um, I think Apple's been really uh, pretty quiet around HealthKit themselves. The, the piloting is really, at the end of the day, it's really gathering the data and making sure that it's clinically valid. So, again, we all know that if we walk 10,000 steps, it's good for you versus sitting on the couch. And um, there was a quote that I just read the other day that absence of evidence is, is, does not mean that, there, that evidence is not there, right? And so I think we're at the stages where, to our earlier discussions, we're collecting all this data, which is absolutely fantastic and it's great because you cannot you know, improve something that you cannot trend, but, but now we need some clinical results. And I think this is where the focus of the hospitals is. Let's combine the medical data, let's combine genetics data, let's combine the body wearable or, or, or body generated data and, and actually come out with some clinically solid efficacy results. All right, Eugene, Joe, and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. CTG Health Solutions is proud to have been your trusted advisor for healthcare IT consulting services for over 25 years. In that time, CTG Health Solutions has provided healthcare strategic, technical, and operational consulting support to more than 600 healthcare provider and payer organizations. CTG Health Solutions satisfied clients are supported by some of the most talented healthcare consultants who have chosen CTG Health Solutions as their work home in large part due to the company's outstanding culture. As they say, the proof is in the pudding. CTG Health Solutions was named a Modern Healthcare Best Places to Work company again last year. Find out more about CTG Health Solutions and their world-class culture by liking them on Facebook or stopping by their website at www.ctghs.com. All right, we're back with Eugene Berhovich, Vice President, Healthcare European Markets with SoftServe. Eugene, with Apple, Google, and Samsung vying for pieces of the consumer market in healthcare, how's this changing the game for healthcare institutions? I, I think there's a lot of investigations that the healthcare institutions have to do. And, and I think when you say healthcare institutions, I think we also need to, to break this down a little bit. You know, I think uh, from insurance perspective, insurer's perspective, from pharma perspective, from healthcare, from hospital perspective, they're all uh, 
looking at this in, in sort of different ways. You know, to date, insurers are looking at, you know, Apple, Samsung, Google to do some of these integrations, to put some incentive systems in place. You know, there, there are some trials ongoing with that. There are some public announcements around it. I know, you know, there's even, uh, you know, a, a, a Russian bank that if you wear wearables, um, you know, that, <laughs> and you showcase that you've walked X number of steps, you get a, high, a higher yielding savings account. So these are some of these things that, you know, companies in general, but specifically, obviously, in healthcare are looking at. If you look at from EMR perspective uh, or EMR companies or, or platforms, it, it certainly is a challenge, and it's a challenge on a couple of fronts. Again, A, to be able to provide the clinician some actually valid data that's clinically valid out of all this. B, a lot of these platforms has been built over the course of the last 20 years, so pretty ancient. So integrating a lot of this big data volumes and scale. And then if I switch over to, to pharma, you know, if, if you think about purely, you know, producing drugs, so chemicals, you know, pharma generally is either A, lost of how to actually incorporate a lot of these digital tools. However, there's certainly ways that they can use this in clinical trials and, and, and there are companies that are doing that already. So, um, you know, I think every, I would say, slice of the healthcare pie will look at this differently. But what, what the most important part of this all, though, is that the patient who is generating the data is actually in the center. And I do believe that us, the consumers, the healthcare consumers, will actually drive some of these usage patterns. One, one quick story, and, uh, you know, I, I've told this a number of times, actually, went to see my GP here, and I, you know, the, he wanted to take my vital signs, and so, well, my heart rate, yep, it's at 83, and he kind of looks at me and says, why can't this stuff just show up? And same thing happened with my weight. I have a Wi-Fi scale that I've been tracking for four and a half years. So I, I think even the clinicians and physicians are, are ready for this. They just want to ensure that the time spent with the patient at the end of the day is, is, is worth everybody's time. Boy, a Wi-Fi scale. I don't think I'm ready for that. So <laughs> the, uh, Eugene, I'm, the wearables and the data that inform the patient, us, the personal monitoring of your own health care is, is obviously important. But this idea of the remote patient monitoring where your doctor or in the example you told, your bank draws a, it's a scary line because of the security, obviously, and all that. But it's also very, very exciting. I mean, how far is that going to go? I mean, one of the, the biggest subjects we talk about on this show is patient engagement and the doctor and the hospital being much more engaged and proactive with with the, with the patient's care. Uh, how far can that go before it crosses ethical lines of monitoring daily activities and those kinds of things? I mean, how, how are we going to navigate those? troubled waters <laughs> well I, I I'll be honest I think the the whole privacy and ethical discussion probably deserves a show of its own you know my my brief sort of summary of that we we definitely need to watch those lines right uh, it, absolutely as a society in general and whether it's Europe US Middle East etc it really doesn't matter but I do have to say that you know as a societal issue of growing costs in healthcare. The only way to reduce those costs is to push the, the care to the edges. And I think this is where a lot of this remote patient monitoring is actually coming in handy. There is a company, as an example, here in the Netherlands called Colpac Quality of Life. 
that invented an NFC-based, so it's the same technology that Apple Pay uses to, to make payments. Every time you open a, a blister pack with your drugs, it actually reports back that you've taken it or not. I mean, as we know, medication adherence is an absolutely huge problem across the globe. Um, at the end of the day, it becomes, you know, human behavior changes. There's another company that I saw that was part of a Bayer's Grants for Apps Accelerator out of Berlin that basically with a little device in your room can actually take metrics off of a patient. And what I mean by metrics is everything from heart rate, et cetera, just by a little device sitting in the room. So while it sounds bit scary, at the end of the day, if I have my you know, 87-year-old grandma living by herself at home or even in a long-term care facility as a caregiver, A, I want to know that she's good, and B, I want to make sure that the clinicians and the practitioners that are taking care of her, you know, she may not be able to jump on, on a bus very quickly, but from the perspective of actually capturing that data and Again, the key to this is the analytics behind all of this. It's not just that the clinicians need to get alerts for every single thing, because guess what? They're going to start ignoring it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I believe that. You know, Eugene, we read at least twice a month here in the U.S. about some big hacking uh, consumers' data, healthcare data being available. Last week it was Anthem. Yep. Do we have reason to worry as wearables become more and more popular that that wearables are protected appropriately, or is there is advanced security security be, being built in from the beginning? So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to pick on any one of those 56 companies. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that some lack some of this, but but some are way ahead. Uh, from, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, and it, honestly doesn't matter whether it's wearables or any other organization, right? I mean, Anthem had nothing to do with wearables, but we, we, we all read about the fiasco. You know, security and, and privacy and ensuring the patient data or even private data needs to really be on top of leaders' minds and not as an afterthought after the breach. And I think this is where, you know, if, if you look at companies' budgets, again, varies from industry to industry, but certainly... With, with HIPAA in, in U.S., but also, you know, privacy acts across Europe, that really needs to be built in. So my, my short answer is, again, I think with, with the consolidation in the industry and as companies become bigger, they will pay more and more attention to the privacy and security. And just like with any growth, and you got two guys in the garage, not going to worry about encrypting to the disk just yet. Let me get some more users, right? So, you know, I, I, again, I, I think as, as this industry grows and becomes more mainstream, us, the consumers, will request more security, more safety, more privacy, and, and the market will adjust. I'm a little bit of a different beast. I put all of my stuff out there, including my DNA is out in the open. You can download it right now. But I'm, I'm also a big believer that sharing this knowledge, sharing this data, sharing this information can actually benefit patients at the end. And, and, and certainly it has some downsides as well. I couldn't agree with you more, Eugene. You know, who really cares if someone gets our, uh, hacks our blood pressure or our weight? There's certain things that, you know, we'd be more vulnerable about. That said, I think that the more we start integrating these devices with EHRs, it's more the architecture that provides the security than the actual end-user device. Anyways, is that, is that what you're finding? 
Absolutely. I mean, there's obviously, you know, along the path, if I'm if I'm getting hacked individually, there, there's different ways to protect the information. The information can be encrypted on your local device, to your point, or as the data flows through multiple channels, multiple partners, we need to ensure that it's, you know, secure all the way through and, you know, not to use technical term, but it's sort of data at rest security. I, you know, I know SoftSurfer as an example, we pay quite a lot of attention to that. You know, part of our whole process from the beginning is what we call secure software development lifecycle. It, it is an important component of this. And, you know, architecture itself, absolutely. Encryption all the way through, you know, different verification methods. It, it, it's absolutely all needed. You know, the, the question becomes at the end, and, and if you talk to a lot of you know, sort of really, really chronic disease patients. I mean, if, if God forbid you, you just got diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer, I'll be honest, I don't think that person will care about the, the data security. He or she will just want to find a cure, right? And so sharing as much information as possible is actually the positive of it. All right, Eugene, sadly, we are about out of time. Before we let you go, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about your work and SoftServe? You can always find me on Twitter, 24 by 7, at Health Eugene. And you can find SoftSurf at SoftSurfInc.com. Eugene Borokovich, Vice President, Healthcare, European Markets with SoftServe. Eugene, as always, good to connect with you. Thanks for sharing some time. Thank you. All right. That wraps this episode. On behalf of our guest, Eugene Borokovich, my co-host, Joe Lavelle, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. What you want? What you want? What you want? 